Have you ever wondered what it takes to build a successful business in the Australian property industry? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Business and Property Development, a monthly podcast in which industry leaders share their insights and experience with host Harry Karadimus. Hello and welcome to Business and Property Development. This month's episode features my conversation with Adrian Sakari, the founder and managing director of Ultra Building Co. Ultra Building are primarily eastern suburbs based builders and are currently responsible for delivering some of Sydney's most prized residential property developments. Under Adrian's leadership, Ultra Building epitomises a construction company that exists to make an impact. To make an impact for Ultra's clients through exceptional building practices, to make an impact on Ultra's clients' customers through the confidence of living and working in a solid and high-quality product, and to make an impact on Ultra's employees through the opportunity to work on amazing projects and be mentored by the best. What I love about this episode is Adrian's passion for building. He lives and breathes his projects. Rarely have I seen anybody so engaged, not just with the tangible process of building, but engaged with the people that are responsible for the delivery of the Ultra product. At a time when the property industry is going through a major shakeup, this episode serves as a timely reminder of the quality that already exists in our great industry. And it's great to be able to record somebody of Adrian's calibre and to be able to share it with you. So without further delay, please enjoy listening to my conversation with Adrian Sakari. Adrian, thanks for being with me today and to share your insights and experiences. How are you, Harry? Very, very well. So I'd like to begin by asking a couple of brief questions just to put some context around yourself. If you can begin by telling me where you were born and where you grew up. So my background, my heritage is from two Italian families that came over here early. My parents came over here when they were early age. My dad was educated in Australia. He's got an engineering degree from Sydney University. So, and my grandfathers were in construction, not the construction we see today that I ultra building do, more to do with houses. I was exposed to construction really early, walking slabs, walking Rio. Uh, my dad owned a little architectural engineering company, but I found myself, you know, taking things apart, putting them back together at an early, early age. Uh, I was very good at articulating things on paper to demonstrate setting it up. My background got me exposed and then I found it, I was good at it. And I did architecture for two years, found myself uh, limited with the architecture, but it gave me a good foundation. Through that experience of doing architecture, I was exposed to large construction project management processes. When I worked for for PTW, doing architecture, basically running around, doing whatever they needed to do, go to sites, construction sites. At that time, they were doing the design for the for moving the Moore Park Easter Showgrounds facilities out to Homebush. And when I was out there, I saw this guy and he was controlling 
everything and I was pretty intrigued. I walked over to him, I still remember his name. Um, and I said, what do you do? And he goes, I'm the construction manager here. So he goes, look, here's take my number, we'll get a coffee. So I took, a nu- took his number and he sat me down and he goes, look, if you really wanna do this, go and do construction manager management, go and get a job with a builder. So I did construction management at UTS and then I went over and worked for Mervac. And Mervac was one of the best companies I've ever worked for. They put me on site. I was vibrating concrete. I, I liked being with a team mm. and I liked being on site. Uh, it also taught me quality. They are one of the best builders out there. They also had a quality handbook. They were old school builders, basically hands-on, have processes in place. None of this mailbox approach someone else's problem. We all get in there, we all nut it out. We come up with a plan and we execute that plan as a team because construction is all about a team. So I was fortunate to be on a, on a job, which was a commercial building next to uh, Star City Casino. It's worth about 40 mil construction back in 1999. It was there from 1999 and we finished it at the end of 2001, 2002. Then I headed over to Chatswood and Chatswood was a half a billion dollar project for Mervac done over couple of years and I was part of that one of the stages there. Residential or um, commercial? So this is residential so I've gone from commercial now to residential. Residential. Going to residential was the most tedious part. Commercial construction is very mainstream you've got a very lot of repetition of the similar detail lots of square meters no detailing. Where you come into residential you've got a lot of detailing a lot of quality a lot of waterproofing fire rating, cue sticks, different designs that you need to be all over. I think residential construction is probably one of the hardest detailing jobs, high if you're gonna do it well. There's a difference between just building and building well. And you found that quality through your career progression through Mervac and then I guess through architecture and then working in construction with Mervac. Architecture teaches how to plan on paper. Mervac actually had a lot of qualities of do it right, do it well. The money, the saving money, and it wasn't really a priority. Their priority was our name, Mervac, is important to us and we want to build well. So we've got rep- repetitive clients. And I think that has entrenched in me the way I build, the way I set up my business, the way I execute my projects, the way I mentor my, my team. We're here for the long run. Ultra building, we want to be a brand to be recognized with any of our projects. And we just don't do high-end residential, which people know us for, but we do commercial, hospitality, office fit-outs, refurbs, infrastructure. We're builders. And building, there is a process. And the process doesn't matter if you're building whatever building, whatever bridge, process is the same. There's a group of of consultants that do all the pre-planning. You know, your architect, your engineer, your, your services guys all the way down to the geotechs and uh, traffic management. So there's a, there's a group of guys and you need to lead them with your experience in the right way. And that's where the difference is and that's where we want to be a point of difference to our clients. Actually, this is quite an interesting way of operating because traditionally the consultants are all getting together prior to your engagement in the project, whereas it sounds like you prefer to be the other way around. It's almost like early engagement to be able to handle that process and to introduce, I guess, efficiencies and the quality that you understand will need to come of it. That's, that's exactly right. Over the years, we've, uh, because I've worked for two major developers. I've worked for Mervac and I've worked for Toga Group. And 
what we do is we need to build the product to make sure it's feasible. All the consultants, they don't have the experience as the construction side, the delivery side. They will put in their best effort to make a design work, but we've got to fine tune it to make sure that design meets the design intent and that performance of that product. And there is smarter ways to do achieve their goal. There are smarter ways to get exactly what they want and make it feasible. I've been, I was gonna say lucky, but I've been exposed to, and my journey through this career, I've sat down and everyone said, oh, you know, this job, uh, it's not gonna, it's not feasible. It's not gonna stack up as they say in the development world. So then you've got to go through every element of that process and look at how we can do things better, how we can do things cheaper, but still not compromise the quality. Quality is everything. Quality needs to last basically forever. That building on its own needs to last forever. Even if you dig next door and you do a basement, it's basically got to last forever. You can't rely on any other infrastructure. There is a process that I've learned over the years to go through that elemental stage. So what they call it is an ECI, early contract involvement. The sophisticated developers who've gone through and got burnt, basically what I mean by that is they've got the consulted teams, they've documented the job up as best they can, and then they've sent it out for tender and they've realized, well, we've just documented something that we can't afford to build. Or they just under design the whole thing and it doesn't comply or... So it's not about just the money, it's making the job buildable, detailings work, waterproofing details work, compliances, and we get it all signed off before we put a shovel in the ground. Now, yes, there is more money spent up front, but guess what? You iron out, you de-risk the job. You de-risk the job and it goes faster, de-risk the job for the client, de-risk the job for the builder, and everyone everyone just builds. We just want to build, build, build. When a builder gets on site, he just wants to build, build, build. You know why? Because he's got, he's gone in very, very tight. The builder's prelims are burning up the margin. Out of curiosity, with ECI, you're basically the only contractor that's involved on the job. So you don't go to, you know, technically you go to tender with your documentation. There, there seems to be a very high level of trust between the developer and yourself because they are assuming that you're going to be giving them a price that's right. You know, it makes it work for them, but also makes it work for you. How over the years have you developed the ability to be able to do that and to garner the trust of a developer to know that you're putting together the correct price? There needs to be an experienced developer on one side or they, the developer will get a very experienced quantity surveyor to work on their side as well. Before we enter the ECI, we set up the limitations or the guidelines or the scopes of works and we give them a price. That price, say $10 million, $20 million, has a list of deliverables that we have allowed for the ECI. Then we control that to make sure that we get to that $10 million. We as ultra building control the design, the finishes, the services, so we get to that. If there's any deviation, from if, if the client wants to put a, a tile that's worth $400 in and it's worth $50 per square meter, we'll clarify that. And they can put that $400 tile in. So it's controlled by the QS on their side, plus they know how much a job should cost. They know how much a square meter, it has to meet that number. Because if it goes over that number, it's not, the dog job won't start. No job, yeah. There's no job, they'll just sit there. Um, so we know that. 
we understand that the developer has to make money. We understand that the developer has paid a large amount of money to buy the land. We understand the developer has been in council for a long time. The developer has the hardest job. We have an easy job. Once we agree on the scope, once we agree on the price, construction for us is easy. So you mentioned you're in you're in Mervac and seeing this progression and being able to sort of handle any kind of any kind of construction project. I think it'd be good to understand going from Mervac and then where did where did you end up after that? 2004, I went out with a guy from Mervac. He was doing what they call boot own operate transfer project with a joint venture with Sydney Olympic Park Authority, Waterside Function Centre in Bicentennial Park. This site manager had a job with the Rivers family. They do uh, a lot of function centers in the city and they built this facility. I was left on site. It was only a $10 million job, but mate, we ran this very lean. I was a project manager. I was a site manager. I did the safety. I did the contracts. I organized the programs. I was on site with the subcontractors. I actually liked it because I'm controlling the whole thing. It's pretty daunting at the time. I was only like four years at Movax. I was only at 23. 23, so as a project manager, the whole thing, responsible for this $10 million job. And we did it. And at the end I went, hey, if I can do this, let's go to the next level. So after that, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, Roberto Camacho. He was a school friend. Uh, He also owned a little business. So I worked with him. So I was a project manager delivering high-end hospitality, pubs and clubs and office fit outs. It was really fun. You learn everything because you are the only person delivering like a couple of jobs for him at a time. It was an enjoyable experience with that. But then I heard a lot of my friends had were working at Built. One of the head estimators, uh, Alan Pavlik, was working at Built. And I saw him at Paul's Warehouse. He goes, oh, you're going to come and work for Built? I said, oh, I don't know. What do you got? He goes, we've got Ferrari Maserati in Waterloo. I'm pricing at the moment. Give it a crack. Come come and have an interview with all the guys. So I had an interview with uh, Ray Glavanovic. Had an interview with Marco Rossi. Had an interview with Brett Mason. What am I Brett doing? Mason. Brett Mason. So they, they were a great part of my life as well. I had an interview with them. They said, went through and Marco said, what the f*** do you want to come and work for me for? And I said, mate, I want to build Ferrari Maserati. He goes, really? That's good. But before you build that, you're going to build something for me. Uh, it was 115 Pitch Street. 115 Pitch Street is uh, a refurb of an existing commercial building. We're going to extend it out, increase the footing, uh, the strength in the footings, more piles. It was a hard job. So they put me on this job as a project manager. I had a project manager, a CA, and a foreman, just three of us. See, I, I can wear various hats. I can run the job as a project manager and also control the site and the CA and the commercial and the client. You do, yeah. You've, all, all the hats. You run right? an enormous amount of, of, or an enormous quantity of sort of various streams, which seem in a, I guess I'd say a conventional construction company to be segmented by a whole lot of different people. I mean, I'm really curious, how how did you develop these skills? Like, where did you, where does it come from? Ah, uh, look. Because you're 23. I mean, by the time you went to build, you were what, 20? I think Mervac put me in the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, Mervac doesn't have. So I think today, today everyone gets segregated. You do this, you do that, you do this, you mm. do that. And because I'm a very curious person, I'll go out there and I like figuring things out. Yeah, you'll, you- tell, you'll tell me a problem that's got nothing to do with me, and I'll go. I'll just start trying to figure out a solution for you. And that's what I, I try to teach all my guys. 
in this industry, unless you can foresee it, resolved, just don't let it go. Yeah. You know, give give your guys a, you know, give your guys a chance, but unless you feel like it's resolved or get them to explain to you how they're going to resolve it and then they can go and execute. So I think I'm just a very curious type of person. I always like to see how things go together and put it back together. And, uh, you know, I've got a good design. I've got a good, I can draw things up in my book and come up with a solution and present it to the engineer, present it to my team, present it to the architect. Uh, not just for the way it, it goes together, but also how it's gonna stay together and look good for, so, so I'm putting all the facets structural so make sure it lasts forever the aesthetics so i know it's going to look good at once it's finished so because i was exposed to all these different over the careers and i did jobs set the jobs up and finished the jobs and saw them through defect like uh, defect periods i've got and every job's the same hmm. start finish defects start finish defects over that process you get to know Hmm. What what's good and what works? Yeah, what you do differently next time. So after so during Pitt Street, you did you did that job with the the three of you, and then you progressed into. So then Marco comes past. I was I was lucky. I lived in Tamarama. Marco lived in Tamarama. We used to see each other all the time. I know Marco. Mar- I looked up to Marco. We had a pretty good relationship. Sometimes preheated relationship, but that's the way Italians are sometimes. Um, so he said to me, "What you're going for a Maserati?" So that's the next job. Uh, for a Maserati was a awesome one of my probably top jobs. A very iconic job for me. Uh, I dealt with PTW. So I, Frank Severino, who I was working with at PTW, was the architect on for a Maserati. Right. <laughs> Going full how does this like how does this happen so he's now i'm engaging ptw to be my architect i'm engaging frank severino to be my architect i'm controlling this now i'm the deans i'm the design and construct contractor so i've got frank as my as my architect on the job i've got now the whole consultant teams and we're setting up this job yeah and we've got neville Crichton. neville Crichton was a character neville Crichton was the client and he is the owner of a Teco motor group and also won Sydney Hobart race car driver, like won awards for the largest dealership, car dealership in Hawaii. Very charismatic guy, but very hard as well. A very good businessman. And Marco actually said to me, you're going to have a hard time with Neville. He's going he's gonna to really give you a good run for your money. Fortunately, I would deal with Neville on a daily basis and built up a trust and confidence. That job there was a also an uplift for the car showrooms for the world. So what that means is Ferrari Maserati in Italy, the head company said, well, we need a new, we need a new showroom layout and we're gonna do that in Sydney in your showroom, Neville. And, and, and you're, I remember, you're gonna pay for it. Pay for it. So there was a new corporate identity, the new design for the showroom. And I had to coordinate between the Italians, PTW, and the costs, obviously, and, and Neville to make sure this worked. So you deal with the Italians at night, sketch up, sketch things up, send it back to them, they'll sketch back. And then I'd have to get it documented here in, in Sydney by PTW. So that, that job is probably one of the detailed jobs. You couldn't do that job as a project manager if you didn't have that design experience. I was also able to save 
built money by not having to have a design manager in place. That job didn't have a design manager. Most of my jobs as a project manager, construction delivery, I didn't have a design manager. I remember getting a design manager in and said, looking at my cost report going, I've been doing all this myself. Why is he getting put on my cot? on my job so I went to the guys I said mate get him off I don't need a cost on my job that I don't use or don't need so I save money there save money here so yeah I used to save as much money as I could by doing a lot more work for others but you used to enjoy that I mean that that, oh, that's, that doesn't come from doing it begrudgingly that become that no. comes because it's passion correct Yeah. and you know what I like doing it because yeah. then once I design it I can go and execute it yeah. on site I can explain it to my team, my subcontractors, whoever it is, consult teams. This is what we're designing. This is what, and I'll go to my CA. This is what we're going to price up, get it over as a variation, and and then we can go. Yeah, knowing all the little intricate moving parts and having the detail is very, very, very important yeah. as a project manager. I think it also means that you have like a true in-depth understanding. Knowing it inside out is literally that, knowing it inside out. There's no reliance on anybody else for information. It's... Yeah. As, a, as a project manager, you need to be like that. Yeah. And this is all, all my, I've got now six project managers and I mentor them personally, each of them. And I say to them, you need to be across every bit of the detail of, of your jobs. You need to be, know how to take that job apart and put it, you need to visualize that job in your head. Always have a set of drawings. Make sure your team have the latest set of drawings. None of this working on iPads and working on iPhones. You need a hard set of drawings that you can note up and they become your Bible for the job, right? If you need to look up a detail, then you go down the electronic route. But to build from, you need a set of drawings. Remember those visions you'd have of a builder on site with a set of drawings under his arms? Mm. That's what I'm bringing back. This is the end of the first part of the episode. I'm sure you'll agree Adrian's journey so far is just fascinating to listen to. In the next part, Adrian and I talk further about his time at Built, Toga and the establishment of Ultra. We also begin delving into Adrian's business building philosophy that he's honed over his years at the top. See you soon.